I have a family, I have a wife, I have two little boys, and I've never told either of those little boys, you know, we didn't make our quarterly revenue projections this time around, and so you are gonna have to join the family down the street. Hey leader, David Burke is here, organizational psychologist and best-selling author of four books on helping leaders and teams do their best work ever. And this week, this week we're just gonna rant about something I hear way too often, something that sounds good but is probably causing a lot of damage in organizations. And that is quite simply this, a company is not a family. No matter how many times we say, we, we don't feel like a company, we feel like a family. First of all, it's just not true. And in this video, we're gonna talk about not only why is it not true, but some of the damage it can do and also what you need to do to counteract that damage and build a team, a team full of high performers, a strong team culture, something that people want to be a part of, but maybe not join for life. Now, I don't exactly know how this whole metaphor got started. In fact, it probably got started not as a metaphor, but as a simile. That's my English major for you. It probably got started by a couple different leaders saying that their team felt like family, like as in similar to, and then gradually in trying to one-up each other, we eventually arrived at, we're not just a company, we're a family. But there's a huge problem with thinking about a company as a family. I mean, the first is, as I said before, it's just not True. I mean, I, I have a family, I have a wife, I have two little boys, and I've never told either of those little boys, you know, we didn't make our quarterly revenue projections this time around, and so you are gonna have to join the family down the street. I just haven't said that. I haven't, I haven't ever watched one of my boys do something that was questionable ethically or morally and go, you know what, you're gone. You posted something dangerous on social media, and as a result, you're gone. I wouldn't do that. I would train them and educate them the way that we act as a family. I wouldn't just cut them loose over little things. So we're not a family. We already know that's not true. But the problem is deeper than that. It's that the more we use this metaphor, the more we end up abusing the individuals that can go to work for us. The first thing that happens when we start to abuse this family metaphor is that the boundaries get blurry. You see this in a lot of organizations that are not really strong corporate culture or downright corporate cults. You see this in perks and benefits that are not exactly designed to offer work-life balance. They're designed to offer work taking over somebody else's life. Free food, dry cleaning, inviting the family to come to the campus and eat meals with you. All of that sounds great, but all of that is actually meant to send the message that you should be at campus much more often. And as a result, people's boundaries between work and life gets blurry. Oftentimes you don't see this until people leave the organization and realize that they're leaving most of their good friends. So the boundaries get blurry and the balance between work and life or the proper integration between work and life gets harder and that turns into burnt out employees. The other way that people abuse this family metaphor is that it becomes easy to take advantage of employees as well. Now, this can be in hugely unethical ways where we do what's best for the company, even if that means that we have to blur some moral lines. And, and we've all seen examples of that from you know everything from Theranos to WeWork or pick your corporate disintegration of the decade. 
But it can also happen in little ways too. It's easier to load more projects on people than what they can actually sustainably produce. It's easier to defer compensation increases to keep salaries competitive or to ignore the need to readjust salaries based on market conditions as all. Because after all, we're a family. You should be excited to be here and be part of a family. And yeah, we'll get to that eventually. These are just two ways. There are a myriad of other ways that if we're thinking about your commitment to the family, more than building a team where things are just and fair and where we have a strong team culture, then we could take advantage of employees. And we don't want to do that. The other way that the family metaphor gets abused happens when people leave the organization. Departures start to feel like betrayals. You know, I talked about it earlier. You could be a part of a, a company and all of your friends now work for that company. But often these tight-knit family companies treat people who leave as if they're stealing trade secrets and defecting to a, a rival in a world war instead of just going to work somewhere else that speaks to that person's knowledge, skills, and abilities more. And if all of your friends worked in the past company, you're suddenly told, don't talk to that person, shun that person, cut off all communication from that person. And that's dangerous for a couple different reasons. I mean, first of all, it's just, well, it's mean, it's unethical. And second of all, we know this from research that departing employees are actually some of the best advocates for the organization. We think about this, people who leave an organization on good terms, who had a positive experience both while they worked there and as they left, they're now working in a different company full of people who may be looking to change jobs as well. So they can be a source of new talent. They can also be a source of new ideas as they continue to communicate with their former colleagues, trade ideas, help solve each other's problems, organizational innovation increases. But it only increases if you keep those lines of communication open. And that only happens if you don't treat departures like betrayals. And that only happens if you ditch the family metaphor. And knowing that we're going to ditch that metaphor, what do we put in its place? Well, what's wrong with team? I mean, seriously, why did we think we needed to level up team? There may be some things we needed to do to build a stronger team culture, but we didn't need to turn a team into a family to get there. We just needed to focus on a few simple things that may be what we sought to get from the family metaphor after all, but by focusing on a team instead, we can build something that is much more sustainable, much more ethical and much higher performing. Here's what you need to do instead to counteract the negatives of that family metaphor and also to build a strong team. The first thing you need to do is to define purpose. That may mean like declaring for the first time what our mission or vision or purpose as an organization is, but odds are somebody in senior leadership has already done that. Instead, as a leader of a team, what our role is, is to take that broad level 30,000 foot view and bring it down to the street, bring it down to the day to day. How does the work that we do help serve that purpose? And how can we measure progress on that purpose? We know that defining that sense of purpose on an individual or a team wide level will create a deeper bond in a team. Teams that know what they're working for or who they're working to help work together better and have a stronger sense of shared identity. A shared identity that is more than a group, but not quite a family, that is part of a strong team. The second thing to do is to encourage boundaries. It's, it's okay to have individual members of a family or one's personal life interact with one's coworkers, but there is always supposed to be an end to the day, a moment where people switch between the people they work with and the people that they do life with. And if we're not helping our people feel that sense of boundary, then we're not helping our people. It may seem that way in the short term because they're overly, overly emotionally invested in the team. It may seem like we're getting a short-term benefit out of it. We might even be getting a increase in productivity out of it, but we're taking our people down a path that will lead to burnout, that will lead to disengagement, that will lead to frustration, and will eventually lead to a departure.
And speaking of that departure, I mean, not that kind of departure, but departures in general, the third thing we need to do to build a strong team is to celebrate departures. Think about every legacy sports team you have ever observed. Pick your sport, then pick your high performing team. The roster changes. It changes from year to year. Sometimes you end up seeing the former leader of the team on a new team squaring off next season against their alma mater team. That's okay. That's part of the business. Even in corporate life, job transitions happen. People end up moving on somewhere else. And as we spoke about earlier, that's good for the individual, that's good for the organization. As long as we're treating departing employees as alumni, as long as we're appreciating the work that they did and recognizing that that departure was inevitable and making sure that it happens on good terms for everyone involved. Changing that dynamic, right? That we're not a family that you betrayed, but we're a team that you graduated from will have a massive effect on how people feel about the team and the organization they worked with. The way to be a great place to work is to pay attention to whether or not you're a great place to have worked as well. People will leave and when they do, it's important that they look back on the organization they're leaving and don't look at it as some dysfunctional family that they're grateful they finally cut ties with. Instead, it's important that they look at it as a team that even though they went to go do work somewhere else, a team that while they were on helped them do their best work ever. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, leave a rating and review because it helps share these messages with many, many more people. And if you really liked it and you wanna go deeper, then check out the amazing resources we have for you at davidberkuscom slash resources. Guaranteed there's something in there that'll help you or your team do your best work ever.